I want to begin by telling you a, a sad story, um, very sad story, and that is earlier this week there was a young man by the name of Jared Wilson who was on staff at a church in California, and he was, to be his age, he was pretty well known in the Christian community, uh, married with two very young children, and he was an advocate for depression, anxiety, suicide, and all that. At one night this week, about 7.30, I just watched a video Jer Derek shared with me before service today. He was at one of his children's games and playing with the child. Three hours later, he was no longer on this earth because he took his life. And I need for you to just think about what I just said because he was not a sinner. He was not someone that um, I don't think was not serious about his relationship. But when I heard that news, or, or when I actually read it very early one morning, it, it, just, it just gripped my heart, and then the Lord began to deal with me about what I've been preaching to you about for a while now, and that is that the Lord is returning, but also that we've got to be so serious about our relationship. And everything I'm preaching to you about, I'm not insinuating anything toward this young man. It, it, just, uh, it, it just sent a chill down my spine because I know how much I love children, grand boy, and I love your children. I just love children. That's why I have a problem with uh, abortion and uh, abuse, neglect, all forms. I just I have a hard time with that. And, and just to know that a wife and two children were left, and, and it really didn't have to happen, church. And I, again, I'm not being insensitive, and I really lift this family up because I haven't walked in those shoes yet. But, but God just, after, after that, that sank in with me, the Lord just began to tap me on the shoulder like he does so many times to let me know Son, the battle is intensifying. It's getting serious by the second. Not the day or the hour, but it's getting serious by the second. And, you know, a lot of people are going to maybe possibly struggle with this message today if you are not careful and if you don't listen to what I'm telling you today. I'm as serious about what I'm about to open my mouth and deliver to you as I am anything that's ever come out of my mouth inside of this church. And a lot of people are going to begin to embrace, if you're not careful, you're going to embrace what you think or the way you were raised or, God forbid, but you're going to embrace your own opinion right now instead of what God's saying, not even what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just going to... Share the word of God with you. And before I get through, everybody in this place is going to be able to identify with something that I'm saying today. And you, you can be a Christian, and I know there's a lot of denominations and a lot of 
people and even ministries that do good things, and they never embark on where I'm going. But I'm going to tell you that you better read your Bible and you better understand that the signs of the times are appearing everywhere. And Jesus is really about to return and the devil himself is taking this thing very serious, church. And so you can be a, you can be a super Christian. You can be heavily involved in missions and all these things and they are proper, they're needful, they're scriptural and they must take place. But I'm going to tell you this. Satan knows at what level you walk with Jesus. He knows if you're a lukewarm joker that's just kind of floating by and you, you just go to church because it makes you feel good or he's made you to feel comfortable in your biblical knowledge or how long you've been a Christian. He knows how you feel about your relationship with the Lord. And he also knows, this is probably the most disturbing thing. He also knows whether or not you have certain power to stand against him or not. In other words, he knows what he can get by with you with using. So I need to pray again. Lord, this is the words of life right here. And I can only just do what you have instructed me to do. And I'll do it, Lord, the best of my ability. I need to decrease so you can increase because I'm no good to these people. But you're everything to all of us. So help us not to distract nor be distracted. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen closely. The Bible tells us in the fifth chapter of Galatians that you can't just be naive and you can't just Walk and think that, well, I, I'm good. I don't bother anybody. I don't, I don't do a, any of those chronological sins. I don't do any of the things that, that are noticeable and all these sorts of ideas people have. And I, I give, I serve, I help, I read, I study, pray, I even lead. But the Bible says this. This I say. That you've got to walk in the Spirit. You can't know about the Spirit. You can't wonder about the Spirit. The Bible tells us that you've got to walk in the Spirit in order that you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I'm going back to what I said about this, this for unfortunate situation. A lot of times our flesh does things against our own will. Paul said that. My body does a, a lot of things that my spirit is not in sync with. And the only way you can get around this or live above this, and I'll prove this to you, you can live above it. I'll go straight to it right now. How about that? The Bible says we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And the very same power that raised up Jesus from the dead, the Spirit of God. The same power that raised him up is the same Spirit that lives inside of you. So, you can't just go by saying, hey, I'm a Christian, look at my Sunday school pen. I've been 10 years straight without missing a Sunday. Your, your tithing record, your volunteer record, it, it doesn't matter about all that. Satan knows 
that he can get to a certain place and then you just have to sit there and take it. Are you with me? Okay, you better be because this is going to be you. I promise you, if you live long enough, what I'm preaching is coming to pass right now or will come to pass very soon. Satan knows if, if, if I get to a place where all I can do is just, well, I can't fight it anymore, so I can just go and withdraw and I can cry. He knows if I'm at that level. He knows if I'm at a level where the, about the best I can, I can whoop out, if you will, is John 3, 16. I'm not going against the Word of God, but I'm telling you that he knows if he runs into a person that is so serious, so deliberate, so intentional with their relationship that they actually don't just have a head knowledge or even a heart knowledge of saying Jesus is, but they actually go a step farther and they walk in the Spirit. And those people that walk in the Spirit to Satan and light and all of hell, they're like a brick wall, man. Paul, and, and those of you that were in the, the group this morning, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm in jail or if I'm locked up and I've, I'm in some kind of bondage situation. It doesn't matter what you threaten me. Satan knows whether or not you are a dead-end brick road, brick wall, and he just has to keep walking or whether you're just kind of mediocre and he can kind of have his way with you. And he doesn't have to get you to do anything external. He can just get inside of your mind and say, well, here we're going to play a while and I'm just going to tell you some junk. I'm going to feed you some lies. I'm just going to give you some suggestions and see if you will kind of take me up on that. And then again, he understands if he gets anywhere within your house that you can knock him for a flip. Now, I want to tell you that the Bible gives us a very, very, this is not like trying to figure out what Greek is and all that kind of stuff. The Bible gives us a clear picture of how to do this, how to live every day victorious, overcoming, until the trumpet sounds. And you can do that, church. There's not a single one of you in this building that through the power of the Holy Ghost, you cannot live on top of the world with Satan under your foot. You can do it, and the Bible proves you can do it. I, I thought we were going to be talking more about uh, Uzziah this week until about Thursday. And I believe this is the right day. And, and this scripture out of Romans chapter 15, if you have the Version Bible app, you saw it if you pay attention. It was one day this week. And the Lord says, I told you, this is where you've got to be. And so I went in this direction. It says this. Now, the God, and, and, and there's a recipe here. Now, the God of hope, people in here probably don't even have that right this minute. Now, the God of hope, fill you. I want everybody to say that word, fill. I'm not going to insult you at all because I know that you understand what the word fill means. This bottle of water right here has been filled to capacity. If I take the lid off and I move it at all, it's going to come out over the top because it is filled. It has been filled from a fountain somewhere. He said, now the God of hope, thank you, fill you with all joy. 
So that tells me before I even get any farther than the word joy, and I'll try to stay on this screen. I know that's hard for those guys. Before I can even worry about joy, I've got I've to consider and I've got to think about the word what? I've got to entertain this feel thing because this is God's process. This is God's method for giving these promises to you, church. And here we go. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy. This is why we're going to pray, love, lead, launch, do this, you know, undercover thing on the 27th. This is why we are... You know, folks that want to go to the school today at 5 and volleyball. And this is the whole reason. Because even in the body of Christ, people are void of hope. Even men that stand behind pulpits and preach. You don't take your life if you walk in the Spirit and you are living in hope. And I'm not being disrespectful. I'm being blatantly honest with the people that are in front of me today. But you do not have hope, and you can't have hope until you've been filled with it. It doesn't happen. I, I do not question your salvation. I, I, I'm not being judgmental at all. I'm telling you to get to the level I'm talking about because, see, the, Satan is not going to wait until we get, like, right at the trumpet sounding because he knows it could sound right now. So everything he can do, if he can get in your mind and get you to question your faith and question God and, and blame God, anything he can do, he will do it because he's out of time. And so he will play with people's hope. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy. God knows more than anybody that his people need joy because he understands in the world they're going to have tribulation. He understands that they're going to be uh, executed. They're going to be thrown in prison. They're going to be persecuted for his name's sake. They're going to say all manner of evil against them. They're going to bear false witness against his people. They're going to do all kinds of things to his people. So he understands and he understood that the way we can get over this, not around it. See, God's not a God of around. God's a God of over. He goes through. He goes over. He says, I've got to get joy to them. Because in another passage, he said, your joy, by the way, they can steal your money. They can steal your vehicle. They can steal your job. They can even steal your identity. But they, no man can steal your joy. So he said this. He said, I'm going to fill you with all joy. And then he even thought enough of you because he is our peace. And peace. I'm going to fill you with joy. And I'm going to fill you with peace. In believing that ye may, and this is kind of where I'm going today. Ye may abound, not tread, not barely, not maybe, not hopefully, not if I'm lucky. That ye may abound in hope. The God of hope is going to fill you with joy and peace so that you can abound. That God wants you to have that hope that he is, that he gives, so you can abound and you can be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus that loves you. 
Do you see all that, how that stuff plays together now? It's not I just learned a verse about overcoming or I just learned that I can, you know, do all things through Christ. No, ma'am. No, sir. There is a deliberate process by God in His Word. And it comes through the act of Him filling you. If you don't have peace in your life right now, and you certainly don't have joy. It's because, folks, and I love you and I say this with all all compassion, it's because you are not abounding in the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. The hope of heaven, the hope of the rapture, the hope of new Jerusalem. You're not going to have peace. You can't buy it. You can't learn it. You're not going to have joy. Because it only comes through the hope. And that hope is through the feeling that God gives. And then he goes on to say how this all happens. This all happens through the power of the Holy Ghost. This is how it happens. And this is where I'm going back to where I originally started. Because a lot of people will say, well, I don't know about all that. I, 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 really, I really don't. I don't, I don't understand this. And this is where it kind of gets, it kind of gets kind of tough for me because I want to be very obedient. I want to be obedient more than I, I want to be sensitive. But I want to be sensitive because, see, everybody in here has a different background in some cases, different experience. And so I don't want you to think this is God giving you uh, a judgmental sermon or this is me telling you I've arrived and I know everything I'm talking about not at all I'm trying to tell you that a lot of people have lived and gone to their grave and their life is not marked by a life of joy and their life is not marked by a life of peace and see you can be in the middle of a war but you can still have peace that passes all understanding and that happens to people that have been filled because they have the hope that only comes from God and the benefit of having hope is peace and joy in Jesus that's the only way you can have it and this is why so many people do things that we shake our heads we can't figure out how did they do that? What happened? And I'm telling you, people don't wake up thinking, I'm going to take my life today. I'm going to leave my spouse today. I'm going to hurt my children today. I'm going to get involved in drugs today. I'm going to tell another lie today. Nobody wakes up like that, folks. But when you wake up and you do not walk in the Spirit, you are open to what Satan can sell you because you can't discern what he's going to do to you because while you were laying your head down to sleep, he was working on the last details of your tomorrow to see if he can get you to fall, if he can get you to stumble, if he can get you to throw your hands up and quit. He's put a lot of time and effort and demon and energies into this so that he can see you might take him up on this. But if you're walking in the Spirit, as bad as it is to him, he says, we just have to move on. We have to move on. And so many people were not raised with what I'm talking about right this second. In fact, a lot of people have been told, this is of the devil, or this served a particular time in the history of the church. This is just what people do when 
They're very emotional, and he will go on and on and on, and you trust me, I know that he does. And so this is what happens. People just finally come to a place where they live their whole Christian life, and they're just, well, you know it. They're just set in their what? They're just set in their ways. It doesn't mean they're mean. It doesn't even mean that they go around and they're negative. And you, you see, church, when we are not open to what God wants to do in my life today, then Satan sees me sitting there in my ways. And he just does his hands like this. He pops his fingers and he rubs his chin and he sees me set in my ways. I don't have to worry about it because doctrine has got them right there and I don't have to worry about any opposition. I don't have to worry about any resistance. Or they're mad. They don't like the church. They don't like the way the body of Christ is going now. They don't like the times we're living in. They're just setting their way. They don't like to worship God. They don't like to give. They don't really even like to pray anymore. And, and, and what they're doing is okay. They're set in their ways, he says. And so he just watches them when they're set in their ways. And he sees me just kind of taking it easy. Because I'm on my way to heaven, you see. And that's, that's really what we need to be concerned with as believers. No, it's not. And I said that correctly. If you are a believer, you don't need to be concerned with going to heaven you need to be concerned with how you are living your life right now and finishing the race that he's left you to finish. And notice I use the word race. You can't run a race if you are right here. Amen. Amen. I'm going to help me preach today. You can't run a race if you are set or set in your ways. Because the Bible says it is in Him that we get off of our rumps and we move and we have our being. God's not sitting around because Satan's not sitting around. God's not leaning on biblical knowledge to see if I can just quote enough verses. Satan quoted the Bible himself to Jesus Christ when he was tempting him in the wilderness. He's not scared of the Bible. You can quote what he's afraid of is the spirit you can walk in and the power of the Holy Ghost that you can cast him out and you can call him out even before he gets within a country mile of you. That's what he knows and that's what he recognizes. And he doesn't recognize anything else. And you can tell him how good you are, but he doesn't care. The only thing he understands is the pain of the power of the Holy Ghost that can pack him and send him running and nothing else moves him, brothers and sisters. Nothing. But when I'm set in my ways, the first thing I'll do, because I'm not busy doing anything else if I'm set in my ways, I'm very comfortable. If I'm set in my ways, I've got plenty of time to inspect you. Amen? I've got plenty of time to just, because there's nothing wrong with me, you see. I've got plenty of time to kind of just analyze what you've been doing. I've got all the time in the world because I'm not moving. I'm not doing anything for Christ. Satan can just send any old demon by me and slap me upside the head, and I can't even get up to fight him. 
I, I, in fact, he can send a lie by my way, and, and, and I, I, I won't even get up enough to get down here and begin to pray and get him out of my life or out of your life. So he just walks by, and he says, he's not going to be any trouble. She's not going to be any trouble. They're setting their ways over there. They're not up for revival. They're not entertaining. Let's praise the Lord. Let's come in here. Let's start having church every Wednesday night. They're set. They're just setting their ways. They're good with it. They're good with it. So, when they're not expecting it, I'm, I'm speaking to somebody in the name of Jesus right now. They are so comfortable in their ways. That church is so comfortable in their ways. This is what we're going to do. We're going to send a lie. We're going to send a problem. We're going to send a situation by. I'm, I'm going I'm to send them a, a letter, a text today. And it's going to make them and cause them to turn into a completely different person. And a lot of you may still be analyzing everything I'm telling you, but that's exactly how it's played out every day of your life. And you can say, well, I don't believe that. I don't agree with that. He loves that attitude and spirit when he can locate that inside of churches. Because he says, you're not doubting the man of God. You're doubting the word of God. And you can doubt the word of God, but it will cost you. You're going to run into a situation. You're going to hear words that you were not planning on hearing one day. And Satan knows that. And he knows at the right time, he thought he had Jesus at the right time. Forty days he was weak. Forty days he was hungry and he was tired and he was without any fellowship of brothers and sisters and disciples and God the Father. And so this is a great time to do it. And this is why your church attendance not plan on saying this today, but this is why you've got to work and grunt your way to church every time the doors open here or somewhere. You can't afford it. You can say, I don't, I don't, I don't. And he's, whoop, they don't, they don't, they don't. Goody, goody, goody. And a person, I'm going to tell you the difference. A person that is walking in the spirit. That never comes across their mind. Do you know a person that walks in the spirit, they never think about whether they're going to pay their tithe this way. Oh, I know he's going to bring money up. No, I, I just need to bring that up. Do you know a person that is walking in the spirit? They never think about whether they're going to read the Bible today. They never think about at all whether or not they're going to give out an act of kindness card to somebody at all three of the exits today. You need to be loaded up with them. People are serious about everything going on in their world, and you can change their world with a card. You can change their world, a card, a tip, anything. Be a Jesus to somebody, church. And he sees whether or not... People walking in the Spirit. He knows. A person walking in the Spirit, not only do you have to wonder if they're going to pray, if they're going to read their Bible, if they're going to pay their tithe, if they're going to be involved in the things that pertain to the eternal kingdom of God. Also, the people that are walking in the Spirit, they never sit down and try to figure out whether they can or they want to go. And I find that very offensive in the face of God. You mean you have to you have to decide whether you want to go worship the man that put breath in your life that is holding your children in his hand? That's something that you decide, you contemplate. 
that you are expecting to heal you because you're going to get sick. You're going to run into something. That same God that you're going to call people into church, you've got to decide whether or not you want to stop your life and go give Him honor and praise and glory that's due His name. You're not walking in the Spirit. Tell me what you want. I don't care if you can speak in tongues and interpret it yourself. You're not walking in the Spirit, not according to this book. You're not doing it. The Bible tells us, let me read this scripture to you in Isaiah chapter 55. Let the wicked, let the wicked forsake his way. We always think he's talking to sinners when we read passages like this. But I'll go on. Let the wicked forsake his way. Because if I'm not doing all those things I just listed, I'm wicked. To him that knoweth good, to do good and doeth it not, it is sin. And the righteous man, his thoughts, let him return. There's no way you can return to something you've never been to. Amen? He's talking to me, brothers and sisters. Let the wicked forsake his way and let the unrighteous man, his thoughts, let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God. There are two reasons why every person that is not walking in the Spirit needs to be walking in the Spirit. And you need to, without any question at all, be filled with the Spirit of God. And the first one is because the Bible tells us to. The Bible says it. Not a preacher, not a seminary. Not a denomination, the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The There you go. The Bible tells me to. Let's see what the Bible says. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't know about it, don't debate it, don't argue it, just be filled with it and your life will be completely different. Don't question it, don't try to figure it out, you can't figure it out. Don't try to understand uh, why God does things this way. You can't do that, church. All you have to do is say, okay, Lord, you said I need to be filled because my life is really void of hope and joy and peace, and I'm certainly not abounding in it. I mean, I'm, it's not just bleeding out of me. When people see me walk, oh, there goes that person abounding in hope right there. Looking at, that, they don't look at me that way. That, that's a, they say they're a Christian, but they're depressed. They're moaning and groaning. I know more about what's wrong in their life and what's wrong in the world, and God forbid what's wrong in Scotland County, than I do what's right in their life. They're not walking in the Spirit. News flash, and you're not walking in the Spirit. And Satan is sitting, watching me set in my ways, and he has the party planned out. And at the right time, which is going to be the wrong time, if we don't understand this and if we don't embrace this this day, it's bad, church. It's going to be bad. This is why when I first learned this information about this young minister this week, a lot of people want to try to become judge and talk about, 
all these kinds of things that is attached to it, you need to get your head out of the sand and realize we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. The people uh, is not your problem. The, the city hall, the county commissioners, the school board, I know people make stupid decisions. The president, the Democrats, Republicans, the candidates, they, they're not your problem. The thugs doing all these things on the street, they're not your enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places, and all these other things that's got darkness written all over them. And you cannot fight darkness with anything but the light of the Spirit of Almighty God. You can't do it. You can try it, but you will not succeed. So don't say, well, I wouldn't do that. I would never. You don't know what you've already done because you're not walking in the Spirit that has been offensive to God. That's why I say, he that's without sin, let him cast. A lot of people, and I, I know this week, would probably talk a lot about this young man. And I am not dignified, and I am certainly not condoning that. And that's a lie from hell if you've entertained that. But I'm telling you this, that you are open to whatever he wants to do to you if you are not empowered by the Holy Ghost, walking with the fire of God in your life, so you can do something about that rascal. You're no match for him. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't get caught up in the things of the world is what he was saying. Don't be like everybody else. Don't be moved and mesmerized by worldly ways and worldly things. But if, if you're going to be excessive about something, be filled with the Spirit of God. That's what your job is to be as a believer, to be filled. The second thing, not only does the Bible tell us to, but the second thing is being filled and salvation are two different things, and I saved the best, which is this, for last. Being filled with the Spirit and salvation. And I'm going to say this to you like I've heard another minister because I think it's just a quicker, easier way to explain this. When you are born again, when you are saved, you are baptized into salvation. You are baptized into Jesus Christ. But once you are saved and you've been baptized into salvation, then the Lord says you need to be filled with the Spirit. So you need to be baptized in the Spirit. But pastor, I thought when I got saved, I had the Spirit. You, you're right. You, you have the Spirit. You can't get saved unless the Spirit, Bible says, draws you. You can't even get saved. So, yes, you've got to go through a time of conviction to where you repent. That's the Spirit of God. You can't do it on your own. But that is not the same thing as being filled with the Spirit of God. Now, the Bible proves this because over in, I, I can't believe, I, I can't, you just had the scripture up there, I believe. Uh, that last scripture you just had in the Acts chapter 19, verse 2, is the proof for the people, church. He said to them, as he was traveling that day, Paul said, Have, have you received the Holy Ghost since you? There was about 12 disciples, 12 men, not the disciples, 
but about 12 of them gathered together. And he came upon them. Now these were true believers. He says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. And see, when you start talking about this subject, people withdraw and they kind of been with you for a little while but then this is kind of getting deep and scary and I don't know I don't need all that and I've already told you you do need all of that and so we'll just go back to our ways and when we go back to our ways I believe it's Isaiah 55 says you can't do that you, you cannot lean on your own understanding God himself said my thoughts are not your thoughts your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. You know God's up there in heaven. See, our ways are, are we're way down here. I know this is kind of being like uh, romper room, you know, Sesame Street kindergarten sounding right now. But see, our ways are, are so far apart from the ways of God. The last place you want to take the ways of God is to your head they won't fit church so don't try it don't try to put don't try to do that because it's going to be painful it doesn't work God's ways are bigger than our ways they're higher than our ways it won't fit in your head you can't understand them and so when when you hear things like uh you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost or are you going to just you're going to land somewhere where you don't like one day, then, and you go back to your ways, then you are embracing your ways, and you're not embracing His ways. And before the trumpet sounds, there are going to be a group of people. There's going to be a group of people all over the earth, I believe, that are going to understand, I can't keep doing this the way I've been doing it for 40 years. I can't keep doing this in my own will. I, I know I don't understand everything about the Bible. Nobody on the earth understands everything about the Bible, church. You listen to whoever you want to on TV. You can believe all you want to believe, but only the one man that walked this earth, the Word that came to the earth, is the only one that understood the Word because he was the Word. Nobody else understands the Word, so don't crutch on that. What you've got to do is say, God, I don't understand. I do get scared when people talk about walking in the power and the authority of God. I, I got freaked out last week on that questionnaire when it spoke about speaking in tongues. I thought I was going to have to leave the church. I didn't know what was going on. And we get sidetracked on things that the devil eats up. And we just don't say, God, I'm through with my ways. I'm through with the chair. I'm on a journey. I'm walking with you. I'm following you. You lead me. I don't have to know it all. You don't have to explain it to me. I just know I'm open for you to fill me and use me and do whatever you want to do before the trumpet comes back sounds. And I don't want to be open to the devil's lies and the tricks he might try to play on me.